Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Indeed, it's time for What Mark Heard, our near award winning segment, Saturday Suckage on Monday. We're here for you. We suck so you don't have to. It's just our holiday gift to you. Mark, share with the class what All did right. Mark heard. I heard a lot. I heard a lot of Bears, so we're gonna <laughs> Bears will dominate Yay. this the next half an hour of your life. We are talking Bears, and that is because, in part, the Bears have an OTA, organized team activities, coming up this week, Tuesday. That's tomorrow. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday is the day that you should highlight because that is the day that uh, we, the media, are allowed to be in Lake Forest and watching Justin Fields and Andy Dalton and the rest of the Bears do their thing. Now, that specifically, because that's where all eyes will be, and we were told, Matt Nagy said, that Andy Dalton is the starter, and that means that he will get the first team reps when... The team is together, and they are out there practicing. Mike Lombardi is a regular guest on the Molly and Haw Show. He, a former general manager of the Cleveland Browns and now an Odyssey sports talker, was talking about how this OTA or this session or the preseason should go down for the Bears in terms of how many throws each quarterback gets. Here's Lombardi. The chief executive officer of the football team, the head coach, his main responsibility is to figure out who gets reps. And who gets those reps is based on who we think can develop into a potential starter, who's going to start and carry the team. And how do I give those guys reps? This is where Nick Foles is going to have to be cast aside because you can't give Nick Foles reps and take him away from Justin Fields, who you think the more reps he gets, the better off he'll be. So what really has to happen is there's got to be a 50-50 split in terms of the reps because Fields needs them all. He can't get them all. Dalton needs some too. The odd man out is going to be Foles. And I would go to camp, and I would make sure that, that, that Fields got at least as many reps as Dalton, and then he got every single rep after practice, allotting to the time that you're allowed to stay on the field, and spend as much time as you possibly can getting him up to speed, and then making sure you understand there's five or six things he does really well, and make sure that's part of the offense every week. I like what he's saying because if that is the case, if it was to be 50-50 between those two guys, Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, you have a quarterback competition then. That, that's what that would be. 
it, assuming they kept that going throughout the preseason, and that would give more of a chance for Justin Fields to be the starter on September 12th. You have two guys, and neither of whom have played in the system, right? So one one's Correct. a real rookie. The other one is a rookie to the system, but an NFL yes. veteran. And what Mike Lombardi is saying makes sense, and it's just tough luck for Nick Foles. You had a shot last year. You were supposed to be better than you were. Line around you, line in front of you was not the best it could be, but you, we've moved on from you. That's essentially what it is, and you're collecting money. We're paying you to shut up. When you go there Wednesday, it struck me that that I don't know whether you're allowed allowed to watch the whole thing or you're just allowed out for part of it. What are you allowed to watch? When you good go there question. Wednesday? That's a good question. I think we will get to see a pretty good chunk of it. Yeah, I think it's it's. I don't know that it's the entire practice, but if I recall correctly, and it it's it's. I say that because things were different last year, <laughs> but I think we'll get it. We'll get to see most of it. I would think you would be you would do well, whether for our show or not, and other people will do it. Is to count the reps each guy gets. Of course, I'm sure that will be the, the the topic that afternoon, the next day, just to see if it is fifty fifty. To my knowledge, you can you can instruct me or correct me. Has Matt Nagy? said it will be a 50-50 split, even I though Dalton's number one. No, I don't think he has said that unless I am misremembering. I think he the only thing that he revealed to us is that Andy Dalton would be the first guy up, as yeah. in he would, he would get the first reps with the first team. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll be 50-50. It doesn't even necessarily mean that Andy Dalton gets the majority of the reps. It's you have honors, you are... The guy who we have penciled in as our starting quarterback, you will be the first one to be throwing to the first teamers. That that's what I have heard from okay. Matt Nagy. All right, so. all right. So we'll see. We'll have to keep track and count. All right. All right. Let's move on here to the next thing and two more cuts from from Michael Lombardi in regarding the Bears. And this is what Mark heard with Rosenblum and Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here until Cubs baseball at 12:45. So Mike Lombardi talked about one of the the benefits or one of the things that fields will work on during this the preseason and the offseason program here's mike are there mechanical issues that need to be solved before he can play in the nfl you know i think that's one of the biggest concerns you had about him i mean his his arm it's a loose arm uh, that lacks sometimes he can control it he's a stepper which means he really has to have a pocket wide clean for him to step into throws and so those are things that he's going to have to really work on his mechanics and change how he throws the football. I think that was one of the concerns that, that people had. I, I talked about it on my podcast quite often, and I said if, if Tom Brady were to watch, Tom Brady was a, is a scientist when it comes to throwing the football. I mean, he's worked on it much like Phil Mickelson's worked on his golf swing. He continues to tinker with it and, and really spend time on it, and he's really taught me – a lot about the mechanics of throwing the football, which is an area scout or a director of personnel or a general manager. Sometimes you get caught up in not really understanding the essence of it. And Brady spent a lot of time teaching it to everybody. And if, and I've said this on my pod, if Brady were to watch Justin throw the ball, he would change his mechanics. Now, you know, we'll see how quickly that can adapt because much like a golf swing, it's got to be able to hold up under pressure. You know, you can change your golf swing and go out and hit a bucket of balls. It looks good. 
you know, you're in the you're in the final round of the Masters. You got to make sure it holds up. And I think that's the question mark. But I think for Justin Fields, look, we all have opinions on Justin Fields, right? Everybody has opinions. You know, Mel Kiper Adam is his best quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence, whatever it is. All right. Now's not the time to go back over the opinions. Now's the time to watch him play, see what happens and let him let him see what he can do and see what he improves his game. There's Mike Lombardi, again, talking about mechanics, some things that need to be tightened up. I think they could, if he's a stepper, as he said, I think that that can be, <laughs> that can be tightened up. But I will say this, too, that, yeah, mechanics are important, and we've seen some quarterbacks fail or not live up to potential because of mechanical issues. But not always. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of quarterbacks who have thrived in this league who have had, you know, shoddy mechanics at times and have been very good. There are guys who, like Tom Brady, I think of like Troy Aikman as guys that were like super mechanically sound. But you could probably go through the NFL and find about half of the starters that have flaws in their mechanics and still have success. Well, Jay's mechanics went to pot he was often throwing off his back foot getting getting away with a strong arm so i don't he got away with it a lot too do you ever heard the term he's a stepper so no i like that but i don't (laughs) okay so that's uh, the other option is it's just the guy who throws with only his upper body, and I don't. Was that Dan Marino? He didn't need a pocket. He, he yeah, isn't of, everybody? Shouldn't everybody be a stepper? Well, that's what I'm trying. I'd never heard the phrase. I don't know how that breaks down. Who the Venn diagram is? It, you know, who's in the middle of quarterback mechanics, bad mechanics, whatever. What's who's who's the who are the examples? Stepper, non-stepper. Kind of yeah, guy. So I, I think I of uh, I think of like John Elway's have been a stepper, but like or pronounced stepping. But yeah, I would think that if if you have the luxury of time that in and I particular play, you'd want to step into it, right? Yeah, I I, I guess, I, and yet he's All got right, such a we sh- strong arm on the. I don't know. I I don't know. We'll we'll watch. I, the one part was the end of that cut when Lombardi says it's just time to watch him play. Because yep. whatever he had before was, well, he holds on to the ball too long. Well, he needs a pocket to push it. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what you said before. Well, there's actual football that's going to be played, and we're going to see what he needs to do. However live it's going to be. I don't know how often, not in OTAs, when's the first time he's going to face something live? When can he first be tackled? When can he have his mm. life threatened? Training camp. First- but they can't touch him in training camp. So it would have to be a game? Was that a, an exhibition game? Is that the first time he can have his <sighs> life threatened? See. That's Saturday. when you see mechanics, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right, Under when your pressure. life is being threatened. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's true. Yes. That's that, We saw that no, with, you're right. with Cutler. Cutler was the most extreme example. It's Boy, he looks like he looks great. He looks great. He looks, uh-oh, there's pressure. He's throwing yeah. off his back foot, and there's <laughs> right. Charles Woodson right. picking him off. Yeah. Um, Saturday, August 14th, the Bears host the Miami Dolphins at noon in a preseason game. So I guess you're right. That would probably be the first time that they're... But my God, I mean, the way that Matt Nagy has used, or should I say not used quarterbacks in the preseason, now that, as we get closer to August 14th, that's going to be interesting to see the quarterback breakdown. How how much do you want to risk your starter or even the the jewel of your franchise in Justin Fields. Stand by for that sports radio hot talking. 
That is right. Soon. There you there you go. Nice tease. Yeah. And that's when we'll be off the air is game one of the NFL season. That's when we'll finally end this marathon broadcast. Does your mom listening? Does <laughs> does Jean Grody have thoughts on this? <laughs> she did actually. She that when when you were making your little Steve Rosenblum jokes about it and still are, the, the you know way back when we did our last show together, my mom was like. Now, what is going on with you guys? Now, Steve keeps on talking about some show that you guys are doing where you're going to be on the air until July. How long are you guys going to be on the radio that day? What is going God. on? We love Jean Grody. Yes. Did you set her straight? Did I did. I, I, no, set her, I told her. Well, here, this is so great. This is so great. I told her what's going on. And she said, well, okay, well, you know, that's good. I mean, at least you don't have to do it alone. I mean, that's a long time. And, you know, you and Steve, you guys sound great together. So, as always, I think my mom likes you and I together better than she likes listening to my solo radio shows. All righty, then. Is that <laughs> and that's when you, all right. Is that when you're, ha- when you're out there in the, the great western, the, the western prairie, or does that matter... Does that make a difference if you're in the next room from Gene Grody doing the broadcast? Oh, right. Yeah, well, no, actually, when I did do the home, the, the homes, the games, the games, the, the shows, games. Wow. man, I, I can't talk. Um, when I was doing them from <laughs> home, it was great because my mom would bring coffee up to the to my old bedroom, and she would walk in, and she would, very, you know, she, I'm not saying anything, and she would just... Put another cup of coffee down. So it was it was terrific. I would occasionally go downstairs during the breaks, and they'd be listening down there, and my mom would be nervous. Like, don't you need to get back up there and, and do your show? And, you know, so, yeah, it's been a while since those days. But here Yeah, that's why we play music bumpers, so we have three minutes grace time, so we can just play the, let the whole, let all the Eagles play out. All right, so <laughs> what's next on what Mark heard? All right, one more from Mike Lombardi, and just as a little tease, still to come on in this segment, what Mark heard, we will hear from Cody Decker on why, you, if you're a parent, your travel baseball team is a scam. And Ooh, then there's a Yeah, there's another show on the score, Steve, that is competing with us potentially for a guest and identity on this show that we will play for you here in momentarily. But yeah, keeping it bears, Mike Lombardi had one more thing to say, and it is about an interesting player whose expectations should be sky high based on last year. And that is Robert Quinn. And Mike Lombardi talked about what Quinn is to the bears right now on Mullen Hall. Ask yourself this question. If we're paying Jimmy Graham X amount of dollars, who else would pay him that? You know, one of the things I think you have to do as an NFL executive is you've got to be able to, you're an appraiser. You're basically the bank appraiser. And every day you've got to appraise the talent level on your team. And you've got to see if the loan that you've had outstanding can hold up. Is there enough collateral? And collateral is within the pay, right? So, for example, you know, if, if you're paying Jimmy Grant $6.9 million this year, which is what the Bears are paying him, right, would somebody else pay him $7 million next year? I don't know. You know, I don't think so. I mean, Nick Foles is making $4 million. Now, Nick Foles has got guaranteed money. It costs you money to cut Nick Foles, right. so you can't cut him. Akeem Hicks is making ten point four. They talked about cutting him because they could pick up a ton of savings if they did. But he would probably get paid. You know, he would probably still get paid. I mean, so they got to be really careful on what they do. I mean, Robert Quinn is on the, the books for 11-5. 11-5. Now, I think what the Bears would like to do is do a deal with Allen Robinson at 17-8 
on his franchise number and convert that into and lower his paragraph five and then extend him out to get a four or five year contract. They haven't been able to do that. But right now, Robert Quinn at 11-5 is one of the biggest albatrosses around Ryan Pace's neck. I mean, Leonard Floyd went out and outplayed him in Los Angeles. Now, but he can't get rid of him. He, can't, he loses $9.2 million of cap room. He can't afford to get rid of him. Well, and and that brings me to the, the idea that, you know, obviously Robert Quinn needs to be a lot better than he was last year. But I do wonder if Sean Desai, the new defensive coordinator, I think that Robert Quinn's going to get, again, the first reps at one of those outside linebacker spots opposite of Khalil Mack. But they're not just going to leave. Like, if, if his production is still low this year, they're going to be ready to to sit him down and get the next guy up there. And I think one of the guys that they'd really like to see jump to the next level during OTAs and minicamp and training camp is a fifth-round pick from last year, and that's Travis Gibson. And I'm not saying that he is going to supplant Robert Quinn, but I just think that they're not going to be as patient with Quinn this year, and there's going to be a, a depth chart or guys breathing down his neck this year for playing time. That's interesting. I never thought of that. I just thought that they'd have they were they were resigned to their fate. He's our guy. We can't cut him because of the numbers that Mike Lombardi mentioned. And he's a veteran. And you you're walking when you're a coach, defensive coordinator, especially in you mentioned Desai, rookie defensive coordinator. And while he has the Vic Fangio seal of approval, you're dealing with a a fine line in a in a dressing room, and that is this. The players know who's good and who's not. Robert Quinn sucked. The players knew that. But Robert Quinn's a veteran. Were they going to screw with a veteran? Were they going to mess with his time, mess with his chances to make bonuses? Were they, did they toss him off too quickly? And then it always comes back to, will they do that to me? And the veterans generally have sway. They have the voice in that locker room. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it can be a tricky thing for a lot of coaches to be able to, we talked about Jed Hoyer threading the needle. This is what you're dealing with in Matt Nagy. Yeah. Well, you know, last year, Robert Quinn had two sacks and zero tackles for loss. The good part is that in 2019, he had 11 and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss. So the hope is is yep. that you can get back to being more of that. Um, All right. Well, I'd like to see any of that, not just more of that. Any of that would be nice if he, if yeah. he looked like he could play and didn't sound like a, you know, just everybody wasn't having to make excuses for him. Look, the players know. The players will be angry. It's not giving us the best chance to win. We're here to win the Super Bowl, and you're playing a guy who's not helping us win the Super Bowl. That's one way to look at it. And yet, Again, veterans say, wait, you're going to toss him aside like that? Doesn't he get a chance to play? Doesn't he earn something? So that's, he'll get the that's first chance. Doing. He'll get the first crack at it. And that, but if he's not producing, I don't think anybody wouldn't understand if they were to pull the plug or lessen his his playing time on a on any given Sunday. All right. You know what? This seems like a good time to take a break. And what Mark heard, we'll do. We'll do. Uh, we'll pick up what Mark heard with what you told us about Cody Decker and another insidious, nefarious score show. That we need to launch an insurrection against, it sounds yep. like. It's All coming right. up. We'll do that. We'll do that. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And this, what you're hearing now is Saturday Suckage on Monday. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Welcome and welcome back. You've got Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, where you will hear the Cubs' first pitch at 120 with certain Hall of Famer Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer and Zach Zaidman. Zach will be here at 1245 with the Cubs' pregame show. This is Saturday Suckage on Monday, a holiday edition, and I do want to, Mark, I want to get to this. 773 Texture, you guys suck. Keep up the bad job. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I and 847 Texture, nothing is worse than Saturday Suckage on a Monday. Great show. Well, that's what we do. It's a public service. We're happy to do that. Contribute what we can. We suck so you don't have to. And right now we're doing our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. Share with us, Mark. So, as you know, one of the things about me, Steve, is I am a uh, currently a single man who does not have kids, never have had kids, never have been married. But I do well, like rub to... Rub it in, why things... don't you? Well, yeah. Go ahead, rub one it of, in. One of the things that I do like to do, just and I had to give those qualifications because something that I do like to do is give advice to parents. I like parenting other people's kids, and I think parents <laughs> love that. They love hearing from single guy, bachelor guy, about how to raise their kids. And one thing that I would suggest to you after hearing Cody Decker on Bernstein Rahimi earlier this week is stop spending so much money for your kid to play travel baseball. And Cody Decker, take a listen to this, Stevie Sunshine, is here to support that notion. Cody? Travel ball is the biggest con job in all of the country. It does nothing. Literally nothing. It's a great way to spend a full college education on just some games against kids that are never going to play at the next level as well. It is a very, very large racket is what travel ball is. And yes, in the United States, it is very over overbearing that travel ball culture, in fact. Um, honestly, I'm glad things are actually starting to shift in another direction. You know, I run a baseball and softball nonprofit trying to make baseball as affordable and accessible as we possibly can with high-end training, but it's more about training and more about developmental, and that's where baseball needs to get back to. The problem is there's not as much money in developmental. Everything's all about travel, going out to tournaments, playing in Florida, playing in Texas, playing all over the country, and you're spending $10,000 to do it when your players and your kids are simply not getting better. You mean it's not about the embroidered hitting shirts and the embroidered bag every single year i don't need another bag you gave us one last year no i'm telling you it is the largest con job in the world oh, I, I, I don't know how my i don't know how my parents did it i feel I horrible uh, because my parents spent must have spent a ton of money because i played on a lot of club teams and i look back i'm like why did i play so much i tore my ucl at 14 years old in my right elbow because i was catching all the time and pitching all the time because i was 13 years old and i could throw 85 miles per hour I don't think I ever threw 85 miles per hour for the rest of my life because I was a position player and I didn't really need to. I had a good enough arm, but, you know, whatever. My job was to hit. But I was 13 and I tore my UCL because I was playing too much because no one knew any better except some people that were my coaches, but they just didn't tell me because they wanted me out there to play and win because if I'm out there playing, playing well, more kids will want to play on the team because, look, we got the star players and I'm out here getting hurt for a 27-year-old club ball coach. It is an ugly, ugly, ugly business. Yeah, that That is, to me, just fascinating how serious he is about that, and he, he makes some great points. Like, I remember 
Steve, when I was a kid, I played some travel baseball, but it wasn't. It was more like six of us pile in the back of Coach Bob Janik's car, and we drive to, you know, Palatine or something like that for my task. Like that was the traveling league. It wasn't like outside of the state ever. So I would love to hear how you feel about what Cody Decker just said. I understand that, and I I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know that it's the biggest scam. I think there are things to be gained from it, but I was a travel ball dad and okay. I was a travel ball coach, but it was it mm. was somewhere in the middle between house league and travel. It wasn't the, we didn't take jets to Florida. Uh, we went as far as like, we went to Waukesha, Racine, Kenosha, and we did go to Palatine and we won that tournament. And it, it involved various levels, because this is a perfect weekend to do that. With the way our schedule worked, the travel, the travel tournaments were Memorial Day and Father's Day. Because you could always schedule a Father's Day. What father doesn't want to be with his kid playing baseball? <laughs> right, that? right. And we did that. That's a great scam, and, too. That's perfect. And Memorial yeah. Day, too. The one place that never had games scheduled was Mother's Day. We were never allowed to schedule <laughs> Mother's man. Day. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we did hilarious. that. This is the weekend. And this is a good day to talk about that. Uh, I, I, I will ag- agree that s- travel ball can be brutal, can, be, can kill a kid's interest as well as his body if he can't play something else. And in Brandon's right. case, he, play, he played hockey as well as baseball. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, okay. it wasn't year-round. It wasn't baseball ex- to, the, to, to exclude everything else. And all the other kids did. When they were 13 and 14, we broke away from House League and, and even their travel versions and wanted to play a fuller travel schedule. But it was all around here. It was other teams that were just maybe one step above House League. These were just really good kids, good, good players who wanted to play and wanted, wanted to give themselves a shot at playing, making their high school freshman team. So of the kids we had on the team, by the time we ended that season at 14, when their kids were 14, all but one kid made a freshman team, and the one who didn't made a freshman soccer team, maybe the varsity team. And they were all really good athletes, and that was the accomplishment. But we didn't do it. It wasn't 12 months of the year. It wasn't live and breathe baseball. They all played something else. And... That's the way it should be. So that's what that's what we did. One of the kids, by the way, one of the kids who was on the last travel team that I helped coach made came up in a rabbit hole I went down this this week. And and he he played for the Diamondbacks and the Angels in their really? minor league system. A kid named Zach Borenstein from Buffalo Grove. He was a freshman playing on the Buffalo Grove varsity baseball team. Left-handed power hitter, terrific shortstop, loved by his teammates, great kid. Um, never got farther, but but did have a moment with Team Israel in that 2017 World Baseball Classic, that surprising team. That's, that, that's part of where Jason Marquis played for that team. Sam Folds played for that team. If you had any kind of you, if you could prove some Jewishness, uh, then you could play on that team. And they upset South Korea, I want to say, and they made it to the big tournament. And 
it's a really great story. That was part of the rabbit hole I went down. But that's, anyways, that that I I agree with Cody Decker, um, a coach that Brandon had put it to me, put the idea of discussing full time travel in discussing with him full time travel, not having much experience, knowing that kids could get burned out. He said, "Here's the thing, when." Once your kid turns from a cucumber into a pickle, he can't go back to a cucumber. You don't know where that point is. How much mm. baseball makes him a pickle, and then that's it. And he doesn't yeah. like, he, you know, he doesn't like the, you don't want him to hate the game. So I, I let him choose. You play as much as you want to play. And he was playing with friends. And I, and, and it was fun. They, these guys liked each other. These kids liked each other. And it was it was fun. They still, they're still friends with um, a lot of them sees a lot of them, and I just think it was that was the object of the exercise for us. Give yourself a chance to make a high school freshman team, but have a good time along the way. And we're not going to again. We weren't flying to Florida in Snoop Dogg's jet because that's the way he was running his travel team. I'm still trying to picture Steve Rosenblum, the baseball coach. Is it like Johnny? First of all. Put the bong down. <laughs> Secondly, no, these kids were hits... never gonna put the bong down. They just didn't. <laughs> Did so you they connect their for dots the for them? When yeah, he no. hits the ball in the right field, you need to yeah. score from second. Are you connecting yeah. those dots? Okay, yeah. very good. No, all right. No, it was. Right. It was well, just. No, it's not it. That was. It. But thank you for that. Parents complaining about you. Yeah. <laughs> just right. no. I. I that, that's Some the way I want. I'm projecting that on you. I. I wish that's sure. what it was, but I bet. Uh-huh. I bet you were actually a very good coach. But anyway, I'll. Uh, I'll get Brandon on the show next week. That'll be our surprise guest, and we'll ask him <laughs> what kind of a coach Daddy O Rosenblum is yeah. or was. But we have a little. A, I'm going to say, yeah, a little bit of booking conflict with another one of the shows here on the score, and that particular show is our afternoon show two to six that is the parkins and spiegel show here on the score now as you and i have been discussing for some weeks now and i think you were the first one to bring it up i don't even know that i was aware of it i think you were aware of it before i was and that's that ryan sandberg has become an endorser for a marijuana company is that correct yes yes okay very i I just couldn't yeah, that's it. I was trying to think of the name. He's of it, so an endorser, and I believe he's an investor. Both, yes, that's correct. Right. So we had talked about, hey, you know what? Maybe the next time we convene as as a whole, because I've been doing some solo stuff, that we get Rhino on the show, and not today sure. because it's a holiday, and I didn't even want to bug him. But then I was listening to our afternoon show. And um, it sounds like we might have some competition for his services. Brandon, roll it. You host Inside the Clubhouse. I used to. Right. You host Hit and Run is I what do. I meant to say. Thanks. Big fan of the weekend programming. <laughs> My apologies. You host Hit and Run. It's not Saturday suckage. I was listening to the suckage this weekend. It was great. They were trying to get, I love that they're show. Trying to get studs to get uh, Ryan Sandberg on. Because of the, you know, the. Oh, that's the show he should yes, go on. Yes, exactly. We like to think of ourselves as the weed show, but I that's know. really the weed show. I had that moment too. I was like, yeah, that is kind of selfish of us to, to want him and try and put him on. They should definitely get him. First. I, I, is, is he talking Di- about it? No. Disagree. Good luck trying to get him to respond to your text. <laughs> Especially if you leave with that. And, and all of a sudden he doesn't want to come on any shows. Picked up some hair, found himself a vape pen. 
I don't want to take part anymore. He was doing some autograph thing in River North yesterday or Saturday, like signing autographs for people. His first cool. official Verilife campaign, but he won't come on the radio show. He's a good dude. Ron He's a good Sandberg. dude. We'll get him on. Talk about his weed business. I'm going to text him again. Yeah, text, text him, him again. again. Tell him. And if, he, if it's Saturday's better, we can hand him to the suckage. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I love Danny's like good teammate David Hall. I love Saturday <laughs> suckage. <laughs> That's terrible. They Rhino. Yeah, yeah it's Rhino during pick a player. Remember that when he for for U.S. presidents. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, not a great performance. Ooh. I don't know, Steve. I mean, it sounds like Spiegel is team suckage, but I don't know about that part. Like the re- the whole show, except for Parkins and kind of Shane, they're trying to undercut us. It sounds like, or Danny is anyway. Sure, it's all shows for himself. It's all it's all fun and games until one show gets a guest that the other one wanted, <laughs> and then the knives come out. Well, all I can say is, you text Rhino and say, "Hey, Rhino, you're booked on the score next Saturday." Me and Steve, no matter what anybody else says or texts you. And then he'll show up and we'll talk to him about. Because there, there is, this is newsworthy, where a guy, like we had Paul Sullivan on. He says, why don't you have Rhino on? Remember, we had Paul Sullivan on that day. And, yeah. and we were naming, somebody had suggested the Rhine Apple Express. And, we, and <laughs> I suggested the, the Rhine Sandbong um, a, a piece of equipment. And Paul, Paul Sullivan said, just call it natural, because he was the natural. Yes. That's, oh, that's, that's yeah. very good. Right. Very so good. I, all that works for us, and you just text him and say, we're going to come on. But there's also, the thing about Ryan Sandberg was that Hall of Fame speech was about doing it the right way. That's playing right. it the right way. And whether, I can't remember if he actually used respect for the game or not, but his take would be real interesting on two things. One is what Tony La Russa did to, to your mean Mercedes. Hmm. And what does it mean when a team puts a position player into pitch? What kind of respect for the game is that? Because we already know how he feels about steroid users. And, and La Russa is a manager who defended them because that's what's going on. The, the that part of the game now as a guy who excelled in a different era what does he think of the way they're trying to change the rules we talked about them right all the ones that Theo was yes, wants to change just did. so right what does he think strike zone changing what about the shift why why would that be good or bad what about players who are only thinking you know the three true outcomes because that's what's teams are stressing i would think his view is because it's always been measured i think it would be terrific to hear yeah and then so, what kind of what kind of strains does he like you know yeah. so yeah. our proposal not only includes like camaraderie and we like rhino and we have fun with them but our proposal also has some serious questions and some bigger issues that we can get into while the afternoon show proposal includes ripping on him for his, what they called a poor performance on pick a player. So yeah, I think I, that our case, our proposal is better than theirs. I, there's no question. I think all you'd need to do is say, Rhino, here's here. You get the clip this from the podcast, Mark, and just yeah. send him a link that started with spark Sparkins and Peagle. Uh, Spiegel uh-huh. and Parkins, yeah. um, right. with well, they were they were just 
trashing a Chicago, a beloved Chicago Cub, a Hall of Famer. And then these are the grounds, the, the, the ground we want to cover. These are the points, things we want to talk about. And to promote his latest product. I Yeah. There's, well, and here's the good news, made, too. He made the point. He made the point in that, that, that he found it to be relaxing and a help. And like he's as smooth as he looked. That, that quarterback with a quick feet playing second base, as smooth as he looked, it's not like he was never in pain. That's like he's not like he's never in pain now. And he's found a legitimate medical reason to help him. So we're, you know, Rhino will understand that we're givers, not takers. And we want to give yeah. him the time to talk about that. Right. And Rhino, he can, he could spark up and just be like, oh, yeah, man, those homers Dude. against Suter in 1984. Dude. I mean, dude, I wasn't. I had no idea what was going on, man. That yeah. was awesome. Um, also, go. too, I should point out this is this is a bonus in our favor. Ryan Sandberg does return my text messages, and I had him on about a month ago, and I text, "Hey, Rhino, you want to come on? I know you're going on Marquee Network and stuff." And he's like, "Let's do it." You know, it's that easy. Now I haven't bothered him since because I like to, you know, I have to. I feel like I have to limit my opportunities with Rhino because I don't want to bug him too much. But, yeah, I think we could probably get him on. Yeah, okay. And, and Danny's, Danny's not even from here. Danny's from Kansas City. He, he was, he's a Kansas City guy, you know, grew up <laughs> there, all that from, stuff. So, he's yeah, he's Glencoe. not even from from here. Yeah, he's, he's from, from Kansas Glencoe, City. though. Sorry. Oh, from, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you okay. might as well say he's from Syracuse, but he's from Glencoe, yeah. All <laughs> Come right, on, well. man, just go with me on the Kansas City thing, will you? Play yeah, radio right, with me. Well. All right, we're, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Who knows? Brandon Fryer is in our ear. How much does it suck to be Brandon Fryer? He doesn't, can't even produce a full show. He just gets Mike Rankin's leftovers. We got, oh, it's a dirty Rankin inning for him. <laughs> Mike Rankin has something important to do. By the way, Brandon, here, come deal with these guys. You yeah, gotta, exactly. I hope, you find, I hope you find a good line of work someday, Brandon. It's Steve a 9-2 Rosenblum. game in the fifth inning. We want you to pitch. Come on in. Yeah, that's right. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosen with Mark Brody with you. Saturday suckage on Monday. 708 Texter, thanks for a Saturday on a Monday. Yeah, well, it feels like a Saturday. We're helping to do that to you. 260 Texter, I heartily endorse the smear campaign to paint Parkins as an out-of-towner. He's KC by way of Syracuse all the way. So yes, that's what I was trying to do, but you had to, like, poke holes in it, you know? <laughs> you mean, like, with the truth and a fact? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't need yeah. truths and fact on Saturday, no. something, a show called Saturday Suckage. Who right, are you on anyway? Monday. On Monday, Saturday Suckers on Monday is already right. inherently wrong. Yeah, a one five texture. Hey guys, just came back, just came back home with the wife after walking the dogs through the neighborhood. I had my headphones on listening to your nonsense while she kept talking and pointing to houses. All I said was yes or okay. If I involuntarily agreed to do some kind of landscaping job at a home, <laughs> you guys are required to help me out. You know that's not we've. We've never thought of that as a service to offer, as, as amenable as we are and as publicly minded as we are. We never thought of that as service. If you listen to us and get distracted and your wife has a honeydew list for you and it involves effort, physical 
displays, then ye, I, we haven't we haven't discussed this among our our board, our bong board. So I don't know. The but, bong board, I love it. Yeah. So we we don't know. We can't. Hello. I think we just lost Steve Rosenblum. So it, it is me. Hey, Solo Suckage is back here on the score. And I was just going to bring up another text, actually, from the 708. Now, this might be somebody just playing on the earlier joke, but they said, from Itasca, that's me, must be a 630, no wonder. And I had asked the question earlier today, What? and I have no, I am taking zero offense to people slamming the 630. Um, I, I do live in the city now, but I am from the western suburbs, so I still, like many of you, have my old area code, the 630. What is the reputation of the 630? Because we always make fun of the 815, it seems like, on the score. Oh, the 815. Or, you know, if we get some out-of-town numbers, we'll have fun with it. But I, I sincerely am interested in knowing what the reputation of the 630, like when people think of the 630 or the western suburbs, what is it that they are they are thinking of? So I was curious about um, that particular thing. A lot of ton of baseball today. The White Sox have a a doubleheader against Cleveland today. Today is Monday, right? Yeah, doubleheader against Cleveland today. Part start of a four game series against that team. Jimmy Lambert will be pitching, and we are being told too that per per Tony Larusa. Jimmy Lambert will be allowed 65 to 70 pitches, so that's probably you know four, five, maybe that's even maxing it out a little bit too much. But it'll be a short appearance probably for Jimmy Lambert, but it is a doubleheader, and those are seven-inning games. Cubs hosting San Diego today, so a little bit uh, more of a t- – it is the gauntlet for the Cubs. They host San Diego today. Three-game series, then at San Francisco. By the way, San Francisco is good. Four games out there, then at San Diego, then home for the Cardinals. They've got Brewers along the way as well. So this is where this is where we find out about the Cubs for real. And this is this is where Jed Hoyer is probably looking too. Like we all see it, Cubs are 29-23. They're a half game back of the Cards. Now just do it against those teams, and then we'll seriously start to talk about what may or may not happen ahead of the trade deadline. I think this show is Rosenblum and Grody, to which we will return after a break. we got another 45 minutes. We are taking you up to the start of Cubs pregame, Cubs and the Padres today. And we'll be back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.